0: Today we celebrate the solemnity of Mary, Mother of God, unofficially known as Mary Appreciation Day. Today, I think, is very important, though. Because more and more, I think we're discovering is people don't really appreciate Mary like they should. And I think there's two big ideologies that are pushing this lack of Mary appreciation, if you will. The first ideology, of course, is Protestantism. We've all gotten these Protestant arguments we've received before about how praying to Mary is kind of like, not doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I remember one time I was leading a a Bible study whenever I was in high school. And this Protestant fellow came in, and he was just explaining how it makes no logical sense to pray to a saint or to pray to Mary if at the end of the day you just want to get to God. And he used the analogy of travel. He said, if you want to go to Canada, it makes no sense to stop by Mexico first. If you want to go to Florida, it makes no sense to go to Texas first. Why not just pray directly to God? Why all this focus? Why all this energy on Mary? And his basic argument can be boiled down to efficiency. It's more efficient to pray to God. And I guess, I suppose he's right. It is more efficient to pray to God. Unfortunately, efficiency has absolutely nothing to do with love. Can you imagine receiving a Valentine's Day present or giving a Valentine's Day present to your beloved special someone? And then looking at the present and saying, oh my goodness, this was so efficient of you. Thank you so much for this. Nobody would ever say that. That doesn't make any sense. You know what they would say, though? They would usually say something like, wow, you didn't have to do this for me. You didn't have to do this. You didn't have to go to Texas before you go to Florida. You not have to go to Mexico before you went to Canada, but you did. That's what love is. Love is extravagant. Love is lavish. Love is passionate. Love is, if you will, extra. Love is so much more than just the basic necessities and just the basic efficient processes of our daily day-to-day life. There's so much more involved, and that's how we're called to express love, by doing things that we don't have to do. That actually negates the beauty of love. We just did things that we had to do. There would be no love. good example of institutions that do things that they just have to do, do th- things that are efficient, or corporations, the government, and the military. None of those things have a whole lot to do with love. And I don't think we want those things or those institutions or our own relationship to the Lord to resemble either of those things or any of those things. The other thing, too, that I've heard often from a, the Protestant argument, is this idea like, okay, You want to praise Mary, but the fact of the matter is, is that's kind of a distraction, don't you think? Don't you think it's a distraction from praising the Lord? And I suppose that's a way to think about it. But let's be honest. Mary and praising Mary and thanking God for Mary is actually only adds to the perfection and makes the praise to our Lord more perfect. Give you an example. If you want to praise a musician, praise his music. If you want to praise an artist praise his art if you want to praise a creator praise his creation praise his masterpiece and that's what mary is mary is the masterpiece of the creator our lord mary is the perfect creation she's the perfect gift which means that whenever we go to and praise her it actually praises our lord there's no there's no exclusivity here To praise Mary is to praise our Lord. It does not just get bottled up in the arms of Mary. Those are the two main fights and kind of the main protests I hear about Mary coming from the Protestant direction, but let's be honest, guys, Protestantism isn't really as alive as it used to be. In fact, I would argue Protestantism is pretty dead, and in fact, we're finding more and more as we begin our journey, as we continue our journey throughout the world and throughout history, is that... But really, there's another ideology that actually makes Protestantism kind of look like a fluffy bunny. And that's secularism. Secularism has no tolerance or no time, no patience for anything religious, anything greater than us. Anything transcendent. It's nothing, it, is, it has no tolerance for anything great, anything that makes our hearts beat. And one of the things that secularism does, especially whenever it comes to the person of Mary, is they, is they absolutely despise her. For the simple reason that most secularist ideology despises all that is feminine. All things that make feminine beauty beautiful. And there's two main things that secularist ideology absolutely hates whenever it comes to femininity. The first thing that secularism hates is motherhood. We hear this constantly from ideologists left and right is that motherhood is restraining. Motherhood ties you down. Motherhood doesn't allow you to be free. It stops your life, it ruins your career, it ruins everything. That's why you've got to go through all That's why you've got to contracept, you've got to freeze your eggs, you've got to do in vitro, all these kind of disgusting things to humanity, all for the sake of getting away from motherhood. And yet, what does Mary show us? Mary shows us that there's no greater liberation than motherhood. Because if you want freedom, where do you seek it? You seek it in love. And if you want to see love at work... If you want to see love embodied, look at a mother. Look at a mother and her child. It's beautiful. St. Thomas Aquinas said that there's no greater image of charity on the planet than a mother holding her child. That is love embodied and that's seen beautifully, perfectly, clearly in Mary. But the next thing that secularism also hates is the things, the depths of femininity... St. John Paul II called this the feminine genius, the ability of the feminine to contemplate, the ability of the feminine to do what Mary does in the Scripture, to take all these things, all these truths, all these beautiful things, and contemplate them in her heart. The, the Song of Psalms describes femininity and describes Mary as an enclosed garden, somebody who kind of holds their beauty in, somebody who doesn't need to flaunt it around. But what secularism does, it says, no, it's not about the internal, it's all about the external. It's all about what you show. And so, what secularism has done, time and time again, whenever it comes to women, is to strip them of their femininity and say, instead of focusing on your femininity, focusing on focus on the things that make you a female. Focus on your body. Focus on accentuating that. Looking at Hollywood, basically the Hollywood red carpet, can show all of us that very clearly, that we're moving more and more to an idea. There's no such thing as There is actually a such thing as male and female, but there's no such thing as masculinity or femininity. Which is why we're seeing more and more immodesty whenever it comes to our dress, whenever it comes to our way of life in general. And the antidote for that is chastity. The idea of avoiding lust. Lust pulls us to the, to the, the exterior things. Lust pulls us to the, to, to the surface. Lust doesn't allow us to pierce deep into our hearts, deep into our souls to see what things really are like. See what people really are like. There's that quote that wasn't actually quoted, but it wasn't actually said by John Paul II, but I think it's brilliant and it makes sense. Somebody came and asked the Pope, this didn't actually happen, but it happened with some archbishop somewhere, and if it didn't, whatever. It's too good. If it isn't true, it should be. That's what I'm getting at. They went up to him and they said, Holy Father, what's wrong with porn? And you know what he said? The problem with porn is that it doesn't show enough. The problem with porn is that it doesn't show enough. It's just the surface. It's just the body. It's just the skin. We all have bodies. We all have skin. What's going on inside the soul? And porn glosses over that completely. It strips us of the human person. It removes, removes femininity, removes masculinity. It kills all that and just says that we are nothing more than male or female. And that's the beauty of Mary. Mary makes us go deeper into these beautiful mysteries. Go deeper into who we really are as people. Go deeper into our very identity. And she does that through her virginity. Something very unique to women, if you will. It's notorious, and, and the church recognizes this, that men struggle with chastity. But the only way, the, but, but, and that's why the church does not allow men to be these things called consecrated virgins. Sorry, guys, but you had, you're out of luck if you want to be one of those. Only women can be consecrated virgins. Only women can vow virginity to the Lord, to the church, because that's their gift. It's not ours. And so that's why the the Blessed Virgin Mary is so key, to remind us of the gift of chastity, to remind us of the gift of purity. Because at the end of the day, here's the the blunt reality. Marian devotion is not exactly an option. Marian devotion is essential. If we're going to combat these great evils, they come after us as Catholics, secularism and Protestantism. And I truly believe if we can pray our rosaries, if we can look to Mary, if we can adopt her and allow her to adopt us as our mothers, then these evils will dissolve away like Alka-Seltzer in water. And it's going to be beautiful. So Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us.